chapter 2, beginning with verse 41. God is good. All the time. Amen. The Word of God says, Every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was there, there uh, in their company, they traveled for a day. Then they began looking for him among the relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his, at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Don't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then, he went, then they went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and in structure and in favor with God and man. This time I'd like to go to God in prayer. Randy Davis, would you lead us in the word of prayer, please? Amen. You may be seated. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them, but his mother treasured all these things in her heart. I want to preach to you a little while this morning on Jesus alert. Jesus alert. We were talking the other night after church, Brother Glenn and I was, and we were talking about being at a church as long as when he was preaching, and I've been here, Karen can tell you, 18 years, something along those lines, and he was talking about sometimes you have a sermon that you've used in the past, and you throw it into the microwave to warm it up a little bit, a, a little bit, and then you can preach it again. Well, I want to tell you, this sermon came straight out of the oven. It's brand new from this past week. A Jesus alert. Have you ever heard or been around a Amber Alert? We get those a lot. Sheila was going to play it. It started there a little bit. That's Yeah, something like that that goes on with those Amber Alerts. Sheila and I were at camping a few weeks ago, as you know, and we were in that happy place. Any of you that ever go camping knows where that happy place is. It's, it's peaceful. It's, you're calm. You're not thinking about anything. Nothing's bothering you. And as, as, old, as Joe Goodman used to say, not a ripple on the water. Everything was so smooth. Everything was so nice, and we were just sitting there, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, my phone and her phone and the radio that we had on, that Amber Alert came on. I tell you what, it gets your attention, doesn't it? Gets your attention and wakes you up because it hits your phone, it hits your TV, it hears everything. And an Amber Alert is something very, very important, isn't it? Have you ever wondered where that came from? Well, Back in January the 13th at 1996, a nine-year-old girl by the name of Amber was riding her bike alongside her five-year-old brother, Ricky, to a grocery store in Texas, just two blocks from their home. She was kidnapped, found her later with cut wounds on her neck and throat, and they never ever, still to this day, as far as I know, have ever found who did that to her. 
But because of that instance that took place, that Amber Alert started to be a part of what we see today. Now, I've been a part of a couple of times of being the one that instigated an Amber Alert, myself and the police. And you have to show that there's a danger there, that that child is in danger and somebody is in desperate need of help. Well, praise be to God today, as far as I know, there's not been any Amber Alerts today. Amen? But you know what I think we need beside an Amber Alert? I think we need a Jesus Alert, don't you? I think we're in danger. I think we need to be awakened to what God has for us in our lives. We need to be able to hear what God wants from us in our lives. I don't know about you, but I know for sure I, me, myself, and I, I need a, a Jesus alert from time to time. You need a Jesus alert from time to time. And the church needs a Jesus alert from time to time. Think about what was going on in the life of, of Jesus and Mary and Joseph that day. As Sheila was talking about, they was at the festival of the Passover. A rejoiceful time, a good time for everyone that was there. And, and Jesus and Joseph and, and Mary were all there together. Now, I'm a little older now. Sheila and I went the other night to grandparents' night at the Edmonton Elementary School. And, and you know, Gage is growing up quick, and he's nine years old. Let me tell you what, he could dart all over the place. He was darting into the library. He was darting down to where the Dippin' Dots was. I still can't, don't know if he wanted us to go be nice as grandparents or just go buy him Dippin' Dots. I'm not sure. But we went down there and bought his Dippin' Dots, and he was going all over the place. And here's Sheila and I, almost at a run behind him, trying to keep up with him. Well, I'm sure little Jesus was sort of like that too, wasn't he? He was here, and he was there, and he was all, all over the place. And Mary and Joseph probably thought, well, you know, he's getting a little older. We'll do what? Give him a little more freedom. We'll let him go do certain things by himself and talk to certain people and all these different types of things. And it sort of sounds, when you read this story, it's almost like Home Alone. Any of you ever watched that movie? At, around Christmas time and different things. That I'm sure Mary and Joseph was getting ready to leave and packing up all their stuff. Not getting the car ready, but they was getting the what ready? The donkey packed. They was getting ready to take off to go back home. And they was doing all these type of things. And they got everything packed and they took off. And the scriptures say after how long? A day. A whole day. And Mark and Melissa, you think social services would have been called if you lost your child for a whole day and you hadn't turned anything in just yet? Well, there wasn't social services back in that day. But why, how do you think Mary and Joseph felt when they figured, oh my goodness, we have lost who? We've lost Jesus. He's our son, but we've also lost what? The son of God. Oh my, oh my goodness. And it must have took a while to get back. Scripture says they figured out after a day that he was lost, and they didn't find him for how long? Three. Three days. I'm sure if they could have back then, they would have had a Jesus alert, wouldn't they? Where's my son? I'm sure their heart was racing, their, their heartbeat was pounding. 
They were just worried to death. Where is my son? Where can I find my son? But look what happens. When they find Jesus, Jesus didn't run up to them, hug their neck, didn't do any of that type of thing. Mary Joseph was doing the mom and dad thing. What was you thinking? Why didn't you come with us? Why didn't you? You saw us packing up. Why didn't you get on the donkey? Why didn't, well, what's the problem? Why didn't you come back with us? But Jesus said something else. Jesus basically said, I had to be in my father's what? My father's house. I also had to be doing my father's will and doing his business. Jesus knew that it was more important for him to be able to share the word of God to all these people than be worried about where his mom and dad was. Well, today, folks, I believe that we need a Jesus alert back in our society today. We need to find Jesus. Amen? We need to know who Jesus is. We need to know how to live our lives. We need to know how, how that we need to have the capabilities in our life to knowing that Jesus is not lost in my life, but he's alive and well in my life. And Jesus is always there with me. Isn't it great today? I hope you smile on this and have some joy in your life. Aren't you glad to know every day that Jesus is with you? Aren't you glad to know today that his spirit is there with you? He catches you when you're about to fall. He gives you the strength to be able to overcome things that you are not strong enough to overcome yourself. He gives you peace in your life. He gives you faith in knowing that this old world is not my home, but he gives you faith in knowing that heaven is going to be our home. It's so great to know that we don't have to have that worry in our mind that Jesus leaves us. The problem that we have from time to time is, are you ready for this? Sometimes we leave Jesus, don't we? Sometimes we leave Jesus behind. Sometimes we're just like, Mary and Joseph, we say to ourselves, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, you're the most important thing in my life. Jesus, I want you around me all the time. Jesus, I want you to take care of my family all the time. But sometimes we don't think about him for a whole day. Sometimes not even three days, right? Sometimes it's a week. Sometimes it turns into some folks for months of not having... Jesus in their life. But today, let's look at some alerts that your preacher thinks that Jesus says that we need in our life. First of all, I believe that we need a Jesus alert. We need a, a Jesus alert to get God back into our homes. Amen? We need to get God back into our homes. We need to let Jesus into our homes and lock out evil. You know, it used to be when a lot of you are around my age, when mom and dad locked the door, sometimes we didn't even lock the door. Y'all remember those days? But when we locked the door, we knew that when we were inside of our house, that, you know what? There's no evil going to be here. Because it's me and mom and dad. And maybe one TV channel that we're watching Andy Griffith on or something. Nothing that brings any evil into our world. But look at today. You might say, well, Brother Paul, I've got my house secure. I've got a dead boat. I've got a lock. 
I've even got one of those. I always think that little chain that we put on our door. Y'all realize that wouldn't stop nobody. But it makes you feel so secure, and we put it up there every night and get it all, all buckled in, get everything going. But sometimes we are locking in evil in our lives, into our homes, aren't we? Think about all that evil is there. TV anymore is almost scary to watch. Amen? we got a computer now that you can look up anything you want. And your kids can sit there and watch whatever they want. And some parents think that's the best babysitter in the whole wide world. Put that in front of them. Let them look at it. Let them see it. Let them do that. Folks, I've dealt with some things in my job that I'm retired from now. I've dealt with some things where some kids looked at some things that they will never, ever forget what they saw. We let that evil into our lives. Can you say today that there's more devices in your life inside of your home than there is Bibles? For a lot of folks, they are, aren't they? There's more TVs. There's more tablets. There's more phones. There's more all of these things. And you might say, well, Paul, they're not all bad. Well, no, they're not. But I believe as parents, you need to be watching out what your kids are seeing. You need to be watching out what's going into those little eyes and what they see and what they see mom and dad seeing, right? We need to get God back into our family. So Jesus alert would say what to us? With a big siren that you could hear very, very loud. You need to say that my house is built upon God's plan. I am going to make sure that God is more in my house than any other outside influences. That I am going to make sure that God is what we are centered around. I believe today our family units in the world today are hurting, aren't they? There's way too many divorces. Amen? There's way too many kids growing up without a mom or growing up without a dad. There's way too many kids that are not being able to experience the love of God in their families. A Jesus alert. We need to get God back in to our family. Also, a Jesus alert. We need to say a sin is a sin. We need to say a sin is a sin. It's amazing how many times people want to change the definition of sin, isn't it? Because some folks are like this. And I know it's not you. But some folks say, well, if I'm sinning, it's okay because it's me. But if I see somebody else doing the exact same thing, they're definitely in a bad situation. We do that a lot, don't we? We try to change the scriptures to how we want them to read. We want to say this and that and the other thing. But I still believe today that a sin basically is when we miss the mark of what? Salvation. When we are not living our lives like God wants us to live. Truly today, now you've got to be honest, you know what a sin is, don't you? You know as Christians what you shouldn't be doing. You know as Christians how you should be living your life. You know as a Christian how that you need to be raising your kids and how the words that you say and the actions that you take. For so often we as Christians step away from that love of God, don't we? And we allow that sin to creep back into our lives. And we allow that to destroy us. And so often, so many people today, instead of listening to God, they start listening to the old devil, don't they? And they allow him to control their minds. They allow him to control their actions. And they allow that sin 
to be there. We can all say today, inside of churches, we've allowed sin not to be called out as much as it should be called out. We've not allowed God to be the center of what that is. A Jesus alert today. We need to call a sin a sin. Also, Jesus alert. We need to get back down on our knees. Folks, I believe one of the basis of being a Christian is your prayer life, isn't it? How often do you pray? Praise be to God, we have some wonderful prayers here at the church. Amen? Wonderful prayers. People that pray, and you can feel that, that spirit of God. But you know what? I believe you need to be praying not only at the church, you need to be praying at home, don't you? When was the last time in the, in the, inside of your home, inside of your home, when was the last time you heard somebody pray? When was the last time that you heard somebody talking to God? When was the last time that you heard God and you spent a little extra time out of your day to spend time talking to God? I believe when we cut off communication with God, we've got a problem, don't we? It needs to be a big Jesus alert, doesn't it? When Jesus lets us know that we have to feel His presence in our life and, and know that He's there with us. We have to pray. How often do you get all the family together around the kitchen table? Y'all remember when we used to eat at the kitchen table? So many of our kitchen tables now is just a catch-all, isn't it? You got books and you got stuff to come home from work and you got all that there. But we used to get around the kitchen table and everybody ate at the same time. My mama would always say, honey, you better come and eat now because you ain't getting nothing later. Anybody, rest of you ever heard that before? And we'd gather around the kitchen table and I'd be hungry and mama would always say, honey, wash your hands. I'd wash my hands, come back around the kitchen table and I'd be ready to dive into that food. My mama would look at me and she said, you better not before we pray. And we would pray. And I was always happy when it was my turn to pray because it was short. But my daddy would turn it on for a while, and then we'd pray. And I'd say, my daddy, the chicken's getting cold, you know, and we'd pray. And we were thankful for what God had given us. Now we hardly ever eat around the kitchen table, do we? Now we hardly ever take time to pray, ever take time just to, to back up. Some of the folks go out to eat with us on Sunday from time to time, and and we'll chow down on those chips at the Mexican restaurant. I always been in, we get ready to eat. And I'll go, wait a minute, we've got to eat. We've decided you don't have to pray over chips. It's over the, the main course. <laughs> but we need to do more of that, don't we? We don't need to be ashamed. Are you ashamed of God today? You say here at church or not. But it's okay when you go out somewhere. Maybe somebody else, you might say, well, preacher, it's silly. We pray that same prayer, bless the food and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And that's what we pray. Maybe somebody needs to hear somebody praying, right? Maybe at that, that, that restaurant or wherever you are at your home, maybe that's you are the only person that's ever going to be talking to God. Or they can hear somebody talking to God. And Jesus alert. We need to get back down on our knees. And we need to pray. And we need to talk to God. Also, Jesus alert. We need to tell others about God, don't we? How many of you here today know somebody that's lost? How many of you here today know people that are not in church, could care less as church? How many people that you know today that if 
This is the day when the roll is called up yonder that heaven's not going to be their home. I think we all could talk about people like that, couldn't we? People that we know, we know that they've not been saved. They've not turned their heart and life over to God. And you might say, yes, Brother Paul, I know who they are. I know who they are. And, and you know, I hope they change. I hope they make a change in their life. Well, let me ask, ask yourself this question. You ever went and talked to them about God? Have you ever took the time and energy to go talk to them and share with them about God? You might say, well, I did it once and I'm not going to do it again. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I'm sure glad people didn't give up on me. Amen. I'm sure people, I'm sure glad somebody said, you know what? I'm going to talk to that young man that he turns his heart and life over to Christ. You know people like that today. You want them to be together with you in heaven someday, don't you? You want them to be there. You want to make sure. You might say, well, Brother Paul, I would, but it may offend them. Brother Paul, I don't, I don't know what to say to them. How do, I, how do I get that conversation started? Well, I think Brother Charles Turner should be here and write a book on that, right? Because I guarantee you, if you're around him for five minutes, you're going to hear something about God. Tim and I talked to him on the phone. We don't talk about worldly affairs or how the economy is or whatever that is. We, he just testifies to you on the phone, doesn't he, Tim? You know. And I guarantee you, if there's somebody that he knows that's not saved, he's going to talk to them. He's going to invite them to church. He's going to do something. We need to do that, don't we? The church house should be full because they're members of the church are out talking to others about God. We need to be able to share the word of God to others. We need to let others know about the goodness of God and how God can come into their hearts and their lives. Also, another big Jesus alert. Jesus is not done with you yet. Jesus is not done with you yet. Yeah. Have you ever asked yourself that question? Now, you youngins here probably haven't done this yet. But us older generation, except Sheila, she's still young. I ain't going to never say anything about that. I'd get in big trouble that way. Us older generation, sometimes we ask that question. I've asked that question. Why am I still here? I remember all that stuff I went through down in Vanderbilt and this and that and the other. And I'd go through surgeries and they'd tell me all this stuff. And I, I had that thought many times. Why am I still here? What, what is it? Well, one of the things that I figured out, and I told, I've told you all this before. I told my grandpa that a long time ago when he asked me that question. Why am I still here? I want you to know why you're still here. God's not done with you yet. He has something, something in store and planned for you. You just got to open your eyes to see it, don't you? You have to say, God, I know I'm still here. What do you want me to do? God, how can I help? You might, I've heard people say, I don't know why they're hanging on so long. I don't, I don't know why they just don't go ahead and give up. They've been so much pain and they're going through so many things. I want to tell you why. Because there may be a word that that person still needs to say to somebody else, right? That will touch their heart and their soul and help them to be able to find salvation. And today I want you to know no matter what age you are, God has something in store for you. 
You have to be willing to say, God, I know that you have something planned for me, and God, I'm, I'm awake to that and willing to accept that, and I'm willing to receive your salvation. Next, Jesus alert. I told you this is off the, out of the, right out of the stove. There's more points than there usually is. But Jesus alert. Salvation is here in this church today. Jesus tells us where two or three are gathered together that he's in our midst, right? Well, we got more than two or three. Praise God to that, right? And salvation is here today. You might say, well, Brother Paul, I'm going to wait a little while, or she's too young, or he's too young, or whatever. And baby, we need to wait a little bit longer and, and make sure everything's okay. I want you to know something. Tomorrow is not given, is it? This afternoon's not given. And you might think you have all a long, 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 long time. This past week, one of the teachers down at Edmonton Elementary, her husband, who was 43, she hadn't heard from 43, I don't know about y'all, but 43 sounds pretty young to me. You think? 43 years old. She hadn't heard from him all morning. Usually he's talking to her, texting, calling, so on and so forth, back and forth. Hadn't heard from him all morning. She just thought maybe, well, maybe he's sick or whatever that may be. As far as I know, he wasn't even sick. She went home at lunchtime. Guess what? The row had been called up yonder. He was gone. Now, I don't know. Don't know him personally. I'd seen him a few times. Don't know him personally. I don't know if he was saved or not. I hope to God he was. Amen? But you know, that could be any of us, couldn't it? At any time. We, we don't know. We don't know the day or the hour when that's going to come. But, but let's make sure that's a tragedy when something like that happens. You know what's a greater tragedy than just that? If that person does not accept Jesus Christ into their heart and into their life. That's the unbelievable tragedy. Is that you today? Would you want your family to think to yourself, I've, you know, I've had many, many funerals over the years, and I'll have people come up to me, and they'll rush up to me. I know they're saved. I was there when they were saved. I was there when they were baptized. And I know that they're saved. And I know they had turned their heart and life over to Christ. That's a wonderful testimony right there, isn't it? But I also had other funerals where they come up and go, here's the big one. You ready for it? I hope they were saved. I hope they turned their heart and life over. You don't want your family to go through that, do you? You want your family to know for sure that they see your life the way you're living. You want to make sure that they know for sure that salvation has come to your house. And last this morning, Jesus alert. Whatever that burden you had when you come to church today, big Jesus alert. You can leave it here today. Any of you ever had burdens? No, preacher. I have no problems, and I'm not going to tell anybody my problems, and I'm just going to let it eat me up. 
you know what? Cancer's bad, isn't it? Heart problems are bad. All these other things that people go through. But let me tell you what can eat you more than anything else. Those burdens of life can eat you up, can't they? They can just tear you apart. They can cause you to be unhappy. They can cause you to lose your way. They can cause you to be mean to your husband or your wife or your kids or the people that you love. Those burdens that are there. And all of you this morning, probably, I tell you all, all the time, I love preaching up here because I get to see everybody. I know everybody right now is in burdens or turning, aren't they? You know what they are. Maybe you're the only one that knows. Maybe you're one of those people that don't tell your spouse anything. Or you don't tell your kids anything. You say, I'm going to handle it myself. Well, let me tell you from a person that, from experience. Some things you just can't handle by yourself. Some things you just got to turn over to God. You just got to, as we've been talking about in Sunday school, you just got to let that go. Leave those burdens here. But here's the option. When you came into the door this morning, it would have been great if you could have sat down here and I could have took my hands and just went, all right, it's time for everybody's burdens to be lifted. And when my hands come across you, I've seen that on TV before, haven't y'all? <laughs> Don't work, okay? When my hands come across you, all of your burdens have been lifted. Wouldn't that be interesting? Let me tell you what, it's not up to the preacher to relieve your burdens. It's not up to your spouse to relieve your burdens. It's not up to anybody else to relieve your burdens. The only person that it's up to is you. And you have to be willing to lay those down and give them over to God and say, God, I am entrusting you with this. I am giving this 100% to you. I guarantee you you're going to feel better. Now the problem I found out with burdens is I turn one thing over to God and you know what? It's not long before it's replaced. Amen? But you get to feel better for a little while. And you get to feel that presence of God in your heart and in your life. Lay those burdens at the foot of the cross. Today, Jesus alert. Praise be to God this morning that we serve a God that is so good to us. A God that gives us so much today. Have you lost him? You know where Jesus is? Is he with you every day? Praise be to God. I feel the presence of God here this morning, but I think you also need to feel the presence of God every day. Jesus alert. We need to experience God and know where he is. So this morning, what do you need to talk to him about? You could sit back there and say, well, preacher, you know what? You know, I heard what you said. I need to make sure that my family knows that I'm saved, yes? Yes, preacher, I, I know I have some burdens. I have some things. But you know what? I, I think I'm going to take it back home and do one of those favorite Paul Mills' words, I'm just going to take it back home and waller in it a little longer. I'm just going to just let it eat me up. I'm just going to have it as being on my mind. All Well, okay, that's your choice. Well, wouldn't it be great just to lay those down? Today, whatever God has talked to you about today, we have a closing song that we sing here in a few minutes. As I've said before, 
I truly believe that God's here, but I also believe God's Word there. So if you need to, I'll pray with you right up here. But I also believe you can talk to God right where you are because it's a conversation between you and God. I'll be glad to help you, but it's still a conversation between you and God. Whatever he's talked to you about this morning, we invite you to pray as Joe and Laurie come.